Good morning. We are continuing in this series, Stay Positive. There's a lot that's going on that makes it a challenge to stay positive. I think it's a great series to be in right now together. Uh, The topic today specifically is this, three truths to build your confidence. Three truths to build your confidence. Now, a lot of this is very helpful to me as uh, I am challenged by what we're going through, challenged as a leader to lead us as we're going through this. Um, And I hope that it's going to be helpful to you as well. What is it that challenges your confidence? And what is it that causes you to feel a little inadequate and insecure? I can tell you that uh, I feel very small when things are going on like they're going on today. I feel very insecure so frequently. And yet, The message that I have for you today speaks so well to where we need to go and where that confidence is to be found and how we build that confidence in us. I would like to start with just something maybe is a little petty, but it's it's real. Uh, A lot of my confidence can be undermined by such petty little things. Uh, Maybe this is your experience as well. Lately, I'm grateful for Zoom. Zoom is a a virtual connectivity through digital devices where you can interact with people at a distance and on your screen you can have panels of all the group members that you're talking to all at once. So I've been experiencing Zoom meetings with local pastors, Zoom meetings with people that I'm mentoring, Zoom meetings with uh, uh, people that mentor me, Zoom meetings with uh, uh, our staff and so on and so forth. But there's something about Zoom that it, uh, I don't like it. There's something about Zoom that undermines my confidence. And it's, it's silly, but it's there. I like real meetings because in a group you can see people face to face. And there's one face missing in real meetings. Your own. But not in Zoom meetings. In Zoom meetings there's all these panels and one of the faces staring back at you is your own face. And it's different than a mirror. I've kind of grown accustomed to a mirror. I look at myself in a mirror and I'm, I kind of get used to that. But the Zoom meeting, all of a sudden I see myself in a new light. And maybe it's because of the lighting. I don't know. But in Zoom meetings, I look old. And it just sort of undermines my confidence. I mean, I start to see shadows of flaps of skin. And, and, and I'm feeling like, oh. And I'm, I know, that sounds so petty. And you're thinking, you shouldn't be looking at yourself anyway. You should be listening to the other people and looking at them. You're right, I should be. And there's other things about Zoom that causes me to feel sort of insecure and having difficulty leading a meeting in Zoom. So that's pretty petty. But maybe you can identify with that. Aren't there petty things that undermine you as it relates to your Self-confidence? I mean, if there's something about you you could change, wouldn't you want to change it? And doesn't that rattle you a little bit? There's that kind of petty uh, undermining of our security, our sense of self-confidence. Well, then there are things that are much, much bigger. They're not that petty. I mean, the news coming at us now, it's not petty. The news coming at us now, there's bad news, and then this bad news is replaced with this bad news, and then we get more bad news, and don't you ever feel like, what's next? 
And as you're feeling, what's next? It feels like it's this spinning out of control. It's getting worse and worse. And is it ever going to be okay? And those kinds of things and those kinds of feelings can undermine your confidence, making you feel really small, really inadequate, and wondering about where things are going. So how confident are you through all of this? We need to focus on truths that build our confidence. And I hope that you'll find this to be helpful. Probably the best place to start is with this statement. We don't need more self-confidence. We need to cultivate more God confidence. We don't need more self-confidence. We need to cultivate more God confidence. I want us to hear from the message translation of 1 Corinthians 10, 12 that reads this way. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. Now, that really is striking. The context here, the very next verse is going to be talking about temptation. And that self-confidence is not a good position to face temptation. Self-confidence is a place where you usually discover that you're going to fall because you're leaning on self. Along that line, why not be self-confident? There's three reasons I want to give you right off. My heart is deceitful. That's Jeremiah 17.9. Another reason not to be self-confident is my flesh is weak. That's from Matthew 26.41. Another reason to not be self-confident is my behavior is inconsistent. Romans 7.15. I want to personalize this a little bit and talk about those three reasons just a bit. And so I can say, and I know this about myself, my heart is deceitful. If you don't know that, you're in trouble. If you don't know that your heart is prone to wander, you'll just follow your heart. And as it's prone to wander, watch out. It's a dangerous place. But I know this about my heart. I have this tendency to lean towards wrong things. I know this about myself. And so I try to put my heart in a space that's leaning towards God with regularity, with open-heartedness with the emptying out of stuff that's dangerous and to be uh, filled with the goodness of God because I know the tendency of my heart. I tend to be self-defensive if I don't guard the space of my heart and what is going on with my heart. Somebody might say something to me and rather than hear it, I become defensive and my pride responds and it creates a situation that's not good. My heart is deceitful. And the more self-confident I am, the more I will lean into the pride and the more it starts to tear apart that conversation that could be helpful as I'm propping myself up with a deceitful heart that's leaning into self-confidence in a way that's selfish, self-centered, and leans that way when I don't take care of where my heart is with God. My heart is deceitful. My heart is weak, or sorry, my flesh is weak. Now here is the use of the word flesh that Paul uses, depending on your translation, it's translated flesh in a lot of word-for-word literalism. Sometimes it's translated sinful nature in other uh, spots, but he uses the word that literally is flesh, but he's talking about our patterns, our, our habits, the patterning of our responses. They become 
reactions, uh, basic bodily reactions and, and patterned reactions that we've kind of built into our being. And he calls that our flesh. So you might in your mind have all kinds of good intentions. You might in your mind and heart, you might describe it as your heart, wanting to do the right thing all the time, but you discover you have difficulty doing the right thing because you have a pattern, self-centeredness, a selfish tendency, you have a pattern towards a weakness. And though your intentions are good, and you might defend yourself based on your intentions, your actual behavior um, is is so inconsistent because you have these patterns, these habits, this flesh, and the patterning of our flesh, so we're easily tempted. And so our behavior is inconsistent. I need to just understand that to be true. My behavior becomes inconsistent based on feelings, based on mood. And things can swing quickly. I can be up one moment and something swings it and now my behavior comes out based on a feeling and based on a mood and based on a quick emotional response. Could be an anger or a negative mood as a result of something that just took place. So very inconsistent and I end up being selfish, self-centered. I'm by no means (laughs) consistently Good. And so I know how much I need to look in the direction of God confidence, look in the direction of God for my help. And I think uh, I'm encouraged when I see this kind of truth even come through in cartoons. So I have a cartoon for you. I'd like to read some of the script there. And a Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin says, I'm getting nervous about Christmas. Hobbes says, you're worried you haven't been good? Calvin says, that's just the question. It's all relative. What's Santa's definition? How good do you have to be to qualify as good? I haven't killed anybody. That's good, right? I haven't committed any felonies. I didn't start any wars. Wouldn't you say that's pretty good? Wouldn't you say I should get lots of presents? Hobbes responds, but maybe good is more than the absence of bad. Calvin says, see, that's what worries me. So there's a, it's good when we can recognize that goodness is deeper than just behavior. Goodness is deeper than just the absence of doing the really, really bad things. Goodness is, is thoroughgoing, it's, it's in us. So compare the cartoon uh, in descriptions of goodness, trying to figure this out with something that David said about confidence in Psalm 71, verse five. For you have been my hope, David writes, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. So here is God confidence just coming through David. Here's David that learned this God confidence and he does amazing things as a youth. And he, he's able to take on giants because it's not self-confidence. He's cultivated and has an ingrained sense ever since he was anointed by a prophet that someday this greatness is coming through you. And he leaned on God and leaned on God and through God developed a confidence. His very confidence, he says, is God since his youth and it comes through so frequently in his early years. So let's talk about three truths 
to build your God confidence. How do we get there? This kind of God confidence. We need these three truths to be truths that we hear and learn. We recognize them to be true. But we also need these truths to be something that we remember when we need them. And then not only do we learn them and remember them, but they're so internalized like David that it just kind of comes through in our actions and our behavior and the way we come across. So before we go there, let's talk about confident people that perhaps you have met. I mean, there's all kinds of confident people. Maybe you've met a really confident person that they come across with this bravado and that they've got it all together and they can do this and they can do that and it just seems like, whoa, he's really confident. And then the longer you get to know that person, you recognize, wait, they're really insecure. It's all false bravado. It's just this false front. They prop themselves up as better than they really are, better than what they feel like they are. And so it's, it's not even a reality. It's just this front and you see through it over time. You met people like that? I, I bet you have, and I have. And then they're another kind of person that they really are confident, probably too confident. They're, they're arrogant. They think they can do anything, and they come across like they're with this self-importance that they can pull it all off. They got these incredible strengths that they lean on, and they, it just kind of carries over in their confidence in every way. Um, they just seem like the kind of person that, though you don't really enjoy being with, they, they think they're all that in the bag of chips, to, to quote somebody I know very well. <laughs> they, they just come across with, in conversations, it's really all about them. And they have it together. And almost they look down on others. It, it's the kind of person you don't really enjoy. You've, you met anybody like that? That's a self-confidence that's tilted in all the wrong directions. It's a self-centered, selfish kind of confidence. Maybe you've met another confidence confident person and you didn't even think of them as confident but let me describe this person they come across like they're comfortable with who they are they're so comfortable with who they are that they're not really talking about themselves when they're with you they're fully engaged with you they're really comfortable treating you like you're important and valuable to them and the more you talk the more you enjoy being with them and if you really think about it they have a confidence with something in their life that they're comfortable with who they are. It doesn't have to be all about them. They can be about others. They come across with a kindness consistently. And as a result, they're very upbeat people. And there could be difficult things that they're dealing with, but they're still upbeat people. Where does that kind of confidence come from? That's what we're looking at. That's the kind of thing that we see here. So, three truths. Because of Jesus, truth number one, my God is always for me. When you know this and you let this settle into you and you start to live with this internalized in your life, it comes through in amazing ways. But how do we know that God is always for me? Romans 8, 31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? If you have that kind of a internalization that God is for me, and me and God, we're a majority. No matter how many come against us, no matter what comes before us, we've got this. Well, really, it's God that has this. And we can know that to be true, but how do we know that to be true? 
How do you internalize this? Well, we know this to be true because God gave his most precious son for God so loved the world. He's for us, for the world, for us even while we were against him. He's for us even when we were running away from him. We were ignoring him. He's so for us that he sends his son to save us. He loves us in the middle of our awful condition to redeem us, to give us what we need, to turn us around. He loves us that much. He holds nothing back for us. He's so for us that he's given us the most precious son, the one and only Jesus, the one and only God in the flesh, fully God, fully man, to die on the cross for us. Hebrews 10.35 says, so do not throw away your confidence, it will be richly rewarded. Now, who would throw away confidence? Such a good commodity. Why would you throw it away? And yet, we do it all the time. What we're throwing away is a God confidence. Our life gets rattled. Something we didn't expect to take place takes place. And we wonder if God is really for us. It gets hard suddenly. And we think if God was for us, why is it getting so hard? And yet Jesus himself said, it got hard for me. And if you follow me, it's going to get hard for you too. The world hated me, so the world's going to hate you. When you do the right thing, it doesn't mean everybody's going to respond right back to you. You could do the right thing and everybody get mad at you. That's what took place with me. But will you follow me anyway? You can be confident. I've brought the victory. Follow me. We will get through this. So God is always for me. Now, if you're confident in God and you're going through really, really difficult stuff, you get bad news, you're scared, it's really hard and you're dealing with that right now and you don't know where it's all going, you're really feeling like you're struggling, take your heart and look to God and express your confidence in his care for you. Express your confidence in his bigness. Express your confidence in the fact that he is creator. He can speak a universe into existence by his spoken word. He's not threatened by any of this. There's nothing bigger than him. Place your confidence in the bigness of God and all these fears and all these insecurities will become smaller and smaller as you place your confidence in the bigger and bigger view of God that you allow your heart to embrace. God is always for me. That kind of confidence and that kind of time spent expressing your confident trust is never lost or wasted on God. And he will turn that into rewards of a growing faith and a growing security and a growing sense of confidence in your life, a God confidence. Three truths to build your God confidence because of Jesus. Number one, my God is always for me. Number two, my God is always helps me. In Hebrews 13, five through six, we read, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. How do we get to that place? where we can say with confidence because he promised he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. We can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. 
So there's an exercise of cultivating your God confidence and growing your God confidence. It's slow going. It's a lot like growing a plant. You don't see it grow. Over time, you see the markers. Cultivate your God confidence. Go to him, express your trust, allow that view of his bigness to increase in your life. Three truths to build your God confidence because of Jesus. One, my God is always for me. Two, my God always helps me. And number three, my God is always working in me. Working in me. Philippians 1, 6 reads, being confident of this, that he, and we're talking about God, who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. When you're talking about the day of Christ Jesus, you're talking about when Christ returns and all things are moving into the restoration of all. When we get to that phase, remember that God has taken you from I saved you, now I'm working in you. I'm completing that good work in you. No, you're not completely good yet, but you're getting... This goodness is growing in you. This confidence is growing in you. This trust in me is growing in you. You're turning away from this self-centered life and you're turning toward a Christ-centered life. It's just growing in you. This thing that I began in you is growing more and more and more in you as you trust in this God confidence. He's carrying it on to completion. You're not a finished project. You're a project, a work in progress, and he is here. He is working in you. So to bring it all together, I just want to wrap it up with just gospel truth. Some of you are here today, maybe for the first time, and you're here because you're not confident where you stand with God. And maybe some of you are here and you, th- you think you're okay with God. I mean, you're doing pretty good. You're a little bit like the cartoon. Am I really good? I mean, I'm, I do pretty good. I don't do really bad. I'm not doing this really bad. I, I'm good enough. But let me just say very, very clearly, on our own, we don't have any reason to have self-confidence. On our own before God, we are never good enough on our own. That is why Jesus came. The only way that we can become good enough is when Jesus Christ takes away that which excludes holiness, excludes God. Sin cannot be embraced by the holiness of God. Sin cannot enter into the presence of God forever. Sin excludes us no matter how small. And so Jesus died for us to take upon himself all of our sin, every insecurity, even our pride and arrogant self-confidence. He takes it upon himself to take it away from us, to wash us clean, to create in us a turning away from self-confidence, building a God-confidence where it's all about God. It's not about me. It's all about his strength, his goodness, his reality, his forgiveness, his spirit, and we move our heart and grow in him. So if you've never submitted your life to Jesus as your Lord, let me just clarify. He is our Savior He is our Lord. That means he is in charge of everything. It's all his. But he is also Christ, Messiah. Christ is a Greek term for Messiah, which is a title. Both mean the anointed one, but let's never forget it means 
king. When we trust God and put our trust in him, it's trust in him to rule, to reign, to call the shots, to believe in him, yes, but it's a belief that we give him our allegiance, we submit to him. We say, it's all about you. I surrender my life to you. I submit to you. I have no right to rule my own kingdom. I submit my kingdom and my crown to you so that everything that I do, my realm of influence is for your honor. It's all about you, my savior, my Lord, my king. Take me into your kingdom. Rule and reign in my life. Allow your goodness to bring order to my world. And right now, my world is, my kingdom is in this overlap mess between a kingdom of darkness and your kingdom. Take over, Lord. It's where I am a space where you reign. I am eliminating darkness, turning from darkness, allowing your light to shine through me. Will you be mine? I want you as my savior. If you've never surrendered to Jesus as king, this would be a time to do it. You need to admit that you cannot be good enough. There's only one human being that was ever good enough to stand before God Almighty, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, who came as a man, as a representative human, to reverse what the first Adam did Through Jesus Christ, he did it perfectly. He took our sins away and now makes life with God possible based on his perfection, based on his goodness. Only he is good enough. Now, in his righteousness, I come before God. He is my advocate. I walk in on his merits, on his goodness, and I can be saved by him. And he then builds that goodness from that salvation. And we enjoy more and more God confidence no matter what we go through. So this time is a time for you to reach out to him. Let me pray with you. You might want to pray something like this and then talk to somebody about it. Reach out to somebody through social media. Talk to somebody that you know that trusts Jesus just to get some steps going for you to understand what it means to surrender, to walk with Jesus, to trust him, to see his life uh, filling your life and making a difference from the inside out. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I need you. I am not good on my own. If I'm honest, I see all kinds of things that fall short of your glory. They fall short of the, the commands that you teach about love, about being selfless, about denying self. I, I tend to be about self. I tend to be fighting for myself and trying to build my own kingdom. I tend to be arrogant. Lord, I, I hand all these things over to you and ask for the forgiveness that you freely give through the cross. You took it upon yourself to take my sin away You buried it, and then you conquered the grave. You conquered my sin. You conquered my heart. I surrender to you. I want to get to know you more. I trust you. I love you. Be the king of my life. Rule and reign. I give you my heart as a throne for you to reign on. You call the shots. I want to trust you and be confident in you more and follow you because I love you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.
Thank you for joining us today. Hope to see you soon for another episode of Stay Positive. God bless.